And before we start the podcast, we just want to tell you a little bit about our audio startup Folklory. The good news is that we're opening up and taking orders again. Yes, and if you've been listening for a while, you know what Folklory is. If you haven't, basically, we do remote recordings with your loved ones and turn their stories into personal podcasts. Because we believe that while people don't live forever, their stories can. We have done about 60 plus episodes and so far, the customers are super happy. We're we're super proud of what we have recorded, but don't take it from us because what you're going to listen to next is something from a guest we recorded recently with. This is Lynn, and we chatted with her about her relationship with her dear husband. Was there anything in particular that you were worried about before the recording? Probably not quite sure what we would be discussing. I mean, would it be a very sort of Q&A kind of format? But yeah, I mean, I think the conversation flowed very naturally and you, you were very um, reassuring about uh, steering, you know, much of the conversation and, and the content. I think it just felt very natural. So yeah, thank you so much, Lynn, for the testimonial. And if you like a folklore of your own, just head on over to folklory.com. The link is in the show notes and we would love to create something kick-ass for you. On to the podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Yala. Your thrice weekly podcast where we talk about the hottest news with a touch of what, man? Good old humor. Good old humor. What was that? What was that? Energetic jingle, Terrence? Yeah, You're feeling energized uh, today, is it? Uh, like announcing the arrival of America in in the uh, Far East. Uh, in the Far East, We see like Nancy Pelosi landed in Taiwan last night and uh, it's been dominating news headlines. Uh. Not that yeah. we're here to talk about it, but but it's yeah. just something everyone is buzzing about. Uh. It's like a drama. It's like a TV show, man. My friend's sending me updates and all that kind of stuff in WhatsApp yeah. groups, tracking the plane. I think it's probably the most tracked plane over mm. the past 24 hours or something. Yeah. And then a lot of questions are, are we starting, are they starting World War Three? Yeah. <laughs> With this visit, basically. Oh, you got World War, World War Three vibes. Uh. Maybe like six mm. months down the road, people will be listening to us, joking about it. They'll be like, these fucking idiots. Uh. Yeah, no idea what the hell was coming. As they're seeking refuge in other another country. Yeah, hey, just, okay, okay. Too, too close. To, I mean, it's not time to joke about this kind of thing. Uh. Yeah, Quite that's scary. why, Terrence. Then go so Sorry. dark. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is a light-hearted banter before we start the serious stuff now. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the, I mean, there are you know Singaporean personalities seeking refuge overseas also. Mm. Charles Yeo of the Reform Party, correct, is now seeking refuge in the UK. So there, there's all this going on around the world. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, we're here doing a podcast talking about what we think would be interesting to you guys. Uh. Yeah, something that is interesting to us definitely. But but you know, like like you know, you mentioned Nancy Pelosi and the whole swirl of news. It's nice to have days where there's almost too much to talk about. Mm, mm, right, it's yeah. too much to talk about but we have distilled it we have gone through our own democratic process to dis- decide on two topics but before we mm. get into that what would we like to say yeah. Terrence? I'd like to say if you like this podcast please go to uh, either Apple App Podcast or Spotify and give it a you know a good rating mm. uh, leave us a review as well because that really helps I think the growth of the podcast the visibility of the podcast yeah. To people not only in Singapore but around the world. Because I mean, if you see a podcast where you see like, oh, 500 plus five star ratings, wouldn't you yeah. give it a listen? Wouldn't you give it yeah. a listen? And that's where we're chance. at now, man. That's where we're at yeah. now. So yeah, but, yeah. Give us some love. All right, cool. Now, Let's the first topic. The first. Jump right into it, though. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so the first topic was something that's been uh, brewing for a while, but the latest news is that the government will be taking over the running of the sports hub um, mm. instead of what it currently um, is operating under, like, which is a PPL, a private partnership. PPP. Fuck. PP, private public partner. PPP. PPP. Private public what the partner. fuck is what PPL? PPL? <laughs> What's PPL? What are you oh, thinking of? PPL VPL is private. <laughs> PPL the, is e- private EPL pilot license. Uh, you're thinking of what? Like English Premier League? No, or? because there is a, there's a SHPL, which is a Sports Hub Private oh. Limited. Okay, so, okay, yeah, yeah, so it's a PPP, a private public partnership run by uh, the SPHL. So it's a PPP run by the SPHL. Yeah, don't mix up your PLs. Uh. Yeah, the correct. PL, PPL. Or the HLs. The yeah, very, yeah. very two very important ac- uh, letters in the Singapore acronyms. Yeah. L, okay. HL, yeah. Yes, cool. Uh, mm. Yeah. So, I mean, it was something that was, when I say brewing for a while, because I think it was announced on June 10th that the government mm. will be taking it back, right? But for some reason, the past few days has been a flurry of news. Is there anything? Yeah, oh. because uh, I think it was tabled uh-huh. in Parliament as. as uh, you know, Edwin Tong from Oh yes, correct, correct, correct. From Ministry of Communications, uh, you know, MCCY, which is uh, Com- Ministry of Community, uh, something and youth, uh, culture and youth, right? Yeah, culture, community yeah, so and youth, correct. Sports is under his charge, so uh, I think a couple of questions were tabled in in, in Parliament mm, about mm. Uh, you know the this this uh, taking back of the ownership and the running of the sports hub. So so yeah, just to. For people who haven't been following this PPP and then and, and all all of this all along, can we just do a like a layman discussion of it without all these damn acronyms? Uh? So basically, yeah. what has been happening is that uh, in two thousand three, I believe, right, that they they um, they decided they wanted to revamp the entire Kalang Stadium area, right, Mm-mm-mm. which included the beloved National Stadium, you know mm. where. People like you and me. I, did you ever go and watch Malaysia Cup last time in the Kalang Stadium? I never saw it live, man. I oh, never went live. There's oh, God. one big Damn. regret, man. Damn. I remember Fucking I watched Singapore. Stadium. Singapore versus Sarawak. And uh, John Hunter from Sarawak. Like the, he was the expatriate like, striker mm. from playing for Sarawak. Uh, who was like uh, the big guy. And he was very scary to the Singapore team. Uh, yeah. And but, Singapore, but, won? I, I, Singapore won? I think it was a draw. One all. Uh, that was draw. the one time I went to watch. Uh, and he's amazing, uh, la, right? Malaysia. It was, yeah, yeah, people. the atmosphere was, was awesome. Like, the atmosphere Ooh. was awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, so it was, I mean, yeah, so that's why it is. Kalang Stadium has had a lot of uh, beloved memories for, uh, I won't say older, but Gen X and above Gen X, Singaporeans. Gen X. Uh, yeah, yeah, um, So that, plus the indoor stadium, uh, plus the, you know, the the surrounding areas, were they, they wanted it developed into the so-called sports hub, which also, which now consists of the national stadium, the OCBC Aquatic Center, right? Which mm. is the swimming swimming uh, center. Yeah. Uh, the indoor stadium. Uh, Kalang Wave and Mall. And then Kalang Wave Mall and all that. They wanted that whole area to be like the hub of sports. But they didn't want to do it as the government doing it. Lah. They wanted mm. to the, um, they wanted to partially privatize it. Uh, a bit like how we did used to do for our uh, our public transport, lah, MRTs and all that, lah, right? Mm. Uh, uh, but but what was what's interesting about this PPP? Or can you just explain simply how this PPP was operating? Uh? Um, basically, there was a bunch of different entities that were brought together. And when I say a bunch of entities, uh, from the construction entity, 
from the people to run the operations, from the people to manage the field. Um, they were all brought together from the get-go. And with $200 million in funding, they were supposed to build and revamp the entire area. Lah. But all the, the all the entities were kind of like, I wouldn't say governed, but kind of led by the SPHL, lah, which is mm. this consortium that was created and to kind of... SH, Sports Hub Private Limited, lah, basically. Yeah, Sports Hub SHPL, Private Limited. SHPL, yeah. Shippel. Yeah. Shippel, yeah. Sheeple. 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 That's called Sheeple. Exactly. Quite a quite yeah. a apt acronym. Uh. The Sheeple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sheeple was created um to basically bring everyone together, you know, manage all their respective KPIs and be the kind of the entity that is the link between the government and all these private pa- parties. La. So mm. the, the two Ps in the PPP, one side is yeah. the government, one side is this SPHL, which is powered by all these different entities that's under it. Yeah. So yeah. so my understanding also the fin- uh, broadly speaking, uh, don't 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 harass me if I get the details wrong. Mm. But my understanding is that this SHPL would actually be fronting the would they actually fronted the upfront cost of, of building the sports hub um in, in to the tune of like 1.3 billion or something like that. Mm. Um but they would be receiving a yearly uh, quite a huge, like almost 200 million payout every yeah. year, all the way till 2035. Uh, in return for in return for their up for fronting their upfront and running the sports hub, lah, right? Yeah, correct. Uh, so so the payment will be coming from Sports SG, which is a government entity, lah, right? Yeah, correct. So 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 basically, what what you're seeing is the private sector say, hey, yes, I'm going to come, I'm going to build this sports hub you want, uh, and I'm going to run it. I'm going to pay up front for the building of it, but the running and everything, all the other parts, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll do it, but you must pay me every year for that. Lah, yeah. Right. And so, if, so it kind of takes away the, the, the big initial upfront investment that the government needs to, to make to build the sports hub. But even, and also puts the private sector, uh, it puts a private sector in place to run the whole thing for a number of, uh, like a couple of decades. Lah, right. But when you're saying private sector, you mean sheeple, lah, is it? Shippo, yeah, yeah. Shippo is a consortium of like, uh, beyond just the construction side, I think even the, the capital, like finance side of things or so, mm, mm, uh, mm. Like, like private equity and all that, they're also one of the consortium partners like, as far ah, as I yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, correct, correct, correct. Yeah. So yeah, so uh, infrared capital partners, Cushman mm. and Wakefield and Spectra, and then six subcontractors involved in day-to-day operations. So yeah, so mm. basically, they, it was, it's not say like a startup that grew from two founders and then they bring on board this new team. This new, from day one, right, uh, they got an injection, the first annual payment of 200 million. And then they're yeah. like, all right, make this shit happen, man. All yeah, of you work together, make this shit happen. And yeah. I think 12 years ahead of 2035, the, uh, the government said, okay, uh, you guys stop. We will take it back and run it as a single entity lah. So we, we technically we are about halfway through that, right? Because yeah. this started what twenty ten, right? This partnership, uh, yes, twenty ten, and then yeah. it's supposed to run for twenty five years, correct? So basically, if you come backwards, yeah, we were about twelve years through already, lah. But um, one important thing is to remember is that the past two years have have been you know the world shut down because of COVID, yeah. so they are really assessing only. I mean, they they the uh, Edwin Tong said himself that the government had assessed everything even pre COVID, lah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think those 10 years were a big uh, that first decade was the big measuring stick for the success of this shipple entity yeah. 
I mean, right before COVID in March 2020, the Sports Hub was slapped with a fine for not meeting standards. And that mm. standards, one of the KPIs was the number of sporting event days at the National Stadium and Singapore Indoor Stadium. So right before COVID, mm. they were already on thin ice. Uh. Then COVID come and just fucked everything up. Even yeah. more. So, Right now, uh, just just jumping ahead to the finishing line, but I think it's mm. important to note. So, uh, the the consequence of the government terminating this agreement and terminating this partnership is that they have to pay two point three billion, right? I think mm. to the consortium. So, mm. uh, uh, I think Evan Tong says it's about the same as what we would have to ha- had to pay them anyway until twenty thirty five. Uh, but but uh, there are there are pros lah for taking back the sports up early lah, which is what we are going to be discussing lah, right? Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. essentially, so, so, if you pay two hundred million for the next fifteen years, uh, yeah. to one hundred ninety-three million, it will work out to that amount, lah. Yeah. So, yeah. but but I mean, now they get the cash upfront, lah. Which you know, like uh, like, you know what they say, lah. Cash now, cash now is, is always cash is king, bro. Cash is king. Yeah. Cash, cash now is better than uh, installments later. But but but, um, at the same time, it's a whenever a, a relationship breaks down, whenever a partnership breaks down. Mm. Uh, definitely there's unhappiness at least on one side of the aisle right you know yeah. that that's the case so we let's not let, let's not pretend like all this was you know it was an amicable breakup or anything like that somebody was not happy with somebody right yeah and, and that's why this this thing happened and uh don't don't forget the shpr was was the was also it's not like it was run by foreigners or anything like that in fact i mm. think the ceo uh lino yo right i believe there were four ceos be, there were four, oh, four CEOs. ceos yeah yeah, yeah. The, the last one I, I remember Lino Yo. Uh, it's yeah. Lino Yo, right? Yeah. yeah. He was from I think I believe he was from STB prior to this. If I'm not uh, wrong. Uh yes, correct. Yeah, uh, yes, yes. So so he has experience dealing with government, dealing with private entities outside, all these things. A lot of experience. So why did this still fail? You know? Why did this partnership fail? Yeah. So there've been a bunch of articles written about it and also references to other PPPs, right? In Singapore, we have we had the SMRT until it was mm. taken back, right? Um, yeah, I but, mean, it, it, I, I think it went basically. Government took over the infrastructure side of things, lah. Yeah, they missed ah, the okay, maintenance okay. maintenance of the network and the rail, all that. The government took over that that aspect of it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay, so maybe before we jump into that, like, what's your what's your relationship with the sports harbor? Uh, I. Yeah, it's a lot of. Uh, I mean, in the general feeling about it, is that it's a uh, a lot of wasted potential. Mm. Um, because I remember the national stadium, Kalang Stadium, was uh, the the way I spoke about it earlier. You can tell that you know a lot of beloved memories of it. Even even down to when I was in the army and 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 I think I was uh, ushering for the final NDP that they were holding there and things mm. like that. You know, people all have a lot of memories, different memories of that area, la. Yeah. But now the sports hub, like. I can't really think of anything like that I, I attended or went to there in the past 10 years that that was a particularly iconic or interesting or, or really made me say, oh, this is this is what the sports hub is about, like, you know? I got two things that come to mind, both not related to sports. Uh, the Foo Fighters concert and the Coldplay concert. <laughs> Fucking great, bro! <laughs> That's not bad, that's not bad, that's not bad. But it won't mean the KPI of sporting events per year. Right. Correct. Yeah, so it, because it's called great. Sports Hub. Yeah, because it's called Sports Hub. I'm just surprised I've never really gone there and enjoyed like a sporting event that I was like, wow, this is fucking awesome, you know? Yeah. Of course, of course, 
like this recently there was the you know Liverpool came and all that and, and I, I didn't manage to get tickets lah, but I think the uh, first time I watched the football game at the sports hub I was impressed I think it was the mm. Suzuki Cup or something I went and I was like oh mm. shit this stadium is awesome you know like yeah, the yeah, acoustics yeah. the kalang roll is, can the aircon so right there's the, a the there's aircon, aircon the airflow yeah. through the seats was pretty yeah, awesome the yeah. airflow damn awesome the toilets all quite I mean not bad for a stadium of that size then you're like oh shit but then subsequent years, right? Um, for those reasons, also it was a damn good concert venue, lah. Yeah, um, yeah. For Coldplay yeah. and Foo Fighters, you two was like, meh. But uh, Coldplay yeah. and Foo Fighters, I remember I was so proud of Singapore. I'm like, I love oh, really? this stadium. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I remember the U- not as a sporting facility, lah. Yeah, I remember the U two concert. Yeah, the, I I was there as well. I, I we went together, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, but you went we, to sit we went together, <laughs> but we sat. We were in separate areas, lah. You for went some to sit down during a concert. You <laughs> went to sit down. What I mean, it's, it it's used to the average tickets. the av- average age there is like fifty two or something. They we, need to let people sit. Down. We got standing tickets, and you went to sit down. You went to sit down, <laughs> bloody yeah. hell! But, but yeah, so it it like so that's the thing about the stadium. The indoor stadium, I think we got a chance to go to the one FC fight during COVID. Yes, I have. Yeah, I've attended one FC fights. Yeah, yeah. So we but then also we couldn't experience the full might of having twelve thousand people inside. Correct, um, yeah. The Kalang Wave Mall, I like it also for the wrong reasons because it's dead and not too crowded. Yeah. yeah. I like it. I liked it because I used to go rock climbing there. Yeah. That's, uh, that's the reason I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Correct, yeah. So, so generally, I felt, I, I just feel like um, the fact that I don't go there at least once a year, yeah. you know, if I don't attend a concert or a big sporting event, uh, it's kind of uh, tells you that eh, this doesn't, it doesn't sit as well in the hearts of Singaporeans as. The Kalang Stadium and all ones did lah. Right? Yeah, correct. Because Kalang Stadium, I remember even secondary school, our the Nationals uh, Athletics Day is it's mm. at Kalang Stadium. Yeah, you, know, you, you yeah, go there as a right. kid and like you have all these fond memories. The benches were just wooden benches. Yeah. So the sports hub is really damn sad because the facility is great, but then mm. you look at it, the location is pretty dope. Uh, yeah. There's so and- much fucking potential. And over the years, there was a lot of rumblings like, "Hey, why why isn't NDP taking place at uh, Sports Hub and all that?" Right? Yeah, yeah. And correct. apparently, apparently, they said it was because it was too expensive, lah, to to do NDP there. Yeah. And I think that that made people a lot of people like raise eyebrows because they were like, "Huh?" But you know, the whole point of uh, NDP is to celebrate everything that we all the iconic things we have in our country, and isn't the stadium one of the iconic the iconic places as well? Lah, yeah. Right? And and I think in twenty fifteen that that was when the NDP was held. Um, the cost of the NDP at the National Stadium that year at the Sports Hub was twice the previous years. La. And then got a lot of limitations also. You cannot have mm. that much fireworks. Yeah, because uh, of the dome. Yeah, yeah the plane fly, plus, fly, fly past, you cannot see. Uh, yeah. The mobile column shooting in the air also all cannot happen. But even yeah. then, right, uh, to me, if you want to build a kick stadium, if it works as an athletics facility, great. But then there was another case where the, I think the Athletics Association wanted to hold an event there and the cost mm. of converting it from a football stadium to uh, like a, 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 a sub- suitable standard athletic stadium was 600,000. So in the end, they went to Bishan. Jesus. Yeah, that's so, actually crazy. So, and then like, there was a very uh, in-depth article on today, I think, that, that talked a lot more about this, but where they spoke to insiders, uh, ex-employees who, may, who chose to remain anonymous, it just mm. feels like um, there were too many private entities involved uh, mm. and then it became, yeah, like everyone's kind of working on their own KPIs as they should. 
Yeah. But then it just became a nightmare. Like literally too many cooks spoiled the sports hub. Yeah. What do you think of the 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 comment la, that oh it's so obvious if you get a private entity to run to run uh, the sports hub, there's no way that 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 they will care about like community events and school events because at the end of the day it's just profit driven, right? Yeah, I don't I that? don't I don't agree with that. Uh, uh because I think like you know, okay, so what you just described in this podcast, the emotional attachment to the national stadium, right, is mm. fucking powerful. And yep. I think anyone who kind of has some semblance of business understanding, you know, would probably appreciate the fact that if people have an emotional attachment to something, you can mm. commercialize it, lah. Not to sound like mm. uh, cutthroat or something, but there's so yeah. much potential in in just being a space that people love. Yeah, that's right. Right, I agree because uh, let's say you get people there to watch a uh, you know a school football match or something like that. Yeah, they, I mean, they walk past Kalang Wave Mall, they see oh, there's a rock wall there. I see a lot of cool, interesting people, influencers and all that, climbing, uh, rock climbing. Mm. Uh, shout out to Aaron, Aaron Koo and uh, three, uh, three Potatoes and all that, you know. Mm. They do a lot of rock climbing and all that. You see people, like, they're a lot of good-looking young people. And then you're like, oh, I want to hang out here more, you know, hang out with yeah. this crowd of people. But but it never happened, uh, you know. It never, I, did, don't, I think um, no schools barely ever did anything at, around the Sports Hub area. And uh, yeah, there, there just weren't enough community events la, uh, yeah. to encourage people to hang out more in that, that sports hub facility. Yeah. And then I was thinking like, eh, but the PPP, given that it was proposed at some point, chances mm. are you give the people behind it the benefit of the doubt that they did some research and there are probably some positive examples. La. And I found mm. out that the desalination plant in Singapore works under a PPP model. Mm, and and right. and I think even overseas, like uh, Wembley Stadium, it's a PPP yeah. model, uh, and yeah. you get successful PPP PPPs around the world uh, that are all PPP. run decently well. Yeah. But then, if if you just uh, look at it deeper, I think one case that was made about why the desalination plant had higher odds of being successful is that it's very clear you are supposed to generate X amount of liters of clean water per month or per day. Mm, mm, For mm, sports, yeah. right, where, like, between Rugby Sevens, the World Athletic Championship and all that, it's not just a clear-cut, oh, you know, it's it's maybe a bit harder to quantify. Mm. And I think that's where, with all the different parties making up the consortium, some would benefit from some type of events, I'm sure. Yeah. And some yeah. wouldn't. La. But, I mean, um, yeah, so I... I, I also, yeah, I also disagree with the view that just because it's a private-public partnership that it will fail, right? Mm. Uh, but what I would probably add is that um, the KPIs, right? You know, we talked about, they talked about KPIs such as like number of sports days and and the the sense of community that you build around the, the place. Um, I think, are those KPIs aligned with every single partner in the consortium? That's the that's the difficult thing, like, right? Yeah. And and if if you can't get them aligned, it's um, you're you're bound to end up in in this situation, which is failure, like, failure of the of the partnership. Because, uh, yeah, like, if if some partners are just purely about profit, and they don't see the la- the larger longer like what you say the larger picture of of uh building an emotional attachment to the sports hub, yeah, then it's it's bound to fail, like, Because uh. Yeah, these these things, uh, the alignment of incentives is just so important, lah. In, so then, in life. And the Singapore Flyer also, I think, is a PPP. 
Mm. Um, I, I believe it's a PPP and yeah. I don't think it's also doing that well. So, yeah. so that one, we, I, I think, yeah, you, if you tell people Singapore Flyer, the general sentiment, I think is like, oh, yeah lah, it just that. was, it had its heyday lah, you know. Yeah. It's like I this washed once. up, yeah, washed yeah. up thing that it has been that, it's, it's a nice thing, but would you go for it? No. So, then that begs the question, are you optimistic mm. or not about the future of the sports hub? Because it's not just mm. the sports hub, they're building a whole new tennis center, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know whether the Kalang, what's the other mall there, Leisure Park, which I also like because yeah, it's dead, is going to be revamped or anything. But if you look at the artist's impression of the whole sports hub, right? Wow, it looks fucking great, man. Yeah. I mean, uh, of course, like we, we want to stand here and throw and throw stones at the Singapore government saying that this was a failure from the start. They didn't have the foresight. But uh, to be honest, the, the fact that they halfway... They've even made this bold decision, right, to terminate mm. the partnership very publicly and everything. Um, I think actually that's a it's a very clear admission that you know they they feel that you know this wasn't working and they want to rectify those issues, lah. So mm. to me, that is actually a positive that you know they're willing to admit that okay, this was uh, you know this partnership is not working out, and let's let's take it back and 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 relook everything and do it ourselves, lah. Uh, so I, I'm actually like uh, glad that they're taking these steps rather than just let it drag on until 2035 mm. when the place is like, you know, still d- totally empty and still devoid of any sports uh, events, big international sports events. Uh, because in the you think about it, in the past 10 years, we've suddenly produced uh, an Olympic gold swimmer. Mm. We've produced a, 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 nas- a, a world beater badminton. Uh, badminton player. Uh, you know, in the Commonwealth uh, sports, how a table tennis team is, is you know, and, and, and some athletes have all been doing well. Mm. So we were actually coming to a point where people are saying, hey, sports, Singapore sports don't look down on athletes, don't look down on uh, our capabilities and facilities, uh, you know. Mm. Um, so it is time, maybe 2010 was a different time from 2022. And, and it's good that we acknowledge that, hey, uh, the needs of the, the the community, the needs of the sporting community are also different now and it's time to rectify whatever mistakes there have been um of course it's very costly you know 2.3 billion at this point in time is not it's not something to scoff at but uh better that you you bite the bullet and fix the problem now than wait another 13 years for it yeah yeah true true um but i mean on the flip side why there's a bit Mm. of me is like i hope this turns out well is just speaking from what we have seen in the media space, lah, you know, mm. there's there's been so much talk about making the Singapore the media hub, you know, coming up with like mm. dedicated buildings to help content creators, you know, Pixel Studios in One North and all that, and mm. you know the Southeast Asian production grant where Singapore filmmakers can work with filmmakers from other countries and get funding. But at the end of the day, right, unfortunately, it feels like it's well intentioned. But it was more focused on the sparkly stuff than actually getting shit done. Mm. And when I look mm. at this artist's impression of the sports hub, it looks so cool. But I yeah. hope the focus is not on making this damn sexy, damn slick, but not forgetting what makes a sport a sport. La. You think about the National Stadium last time, there was no cover. It was wooden mm. seats. Your ass hurts after that. But it was mm. just something magical there. La. Yeah, and, and the fact like sometimes when you get caught in the rain, 
Yeah. Whether it's during a concert and it's part of the experience, event. right? It's part of the experience. You see the athletes in the rain, and you see the artists or the singers also in the rain. Yeah. And you are you're wet, but you're happy, uh, and just enjoy it as well, uh, right? I remember yeah. uh Michael Jackson, the concert correct, correct. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. at Kalang Stadium. Yeah. It was like hot and sweaty and everybody was just I think we waited waiting, almost right? yeah. two hours for Michael Jackson to appear and when he appeared, like the whole stadium Ooh. just erupted. I just remember those memories. Like, it was, yeah, it was all crazy. the arms went up and all the sweat just yeah. percolated into everything, but it was amazing. And I never sat down. The, the concert. Yeah. In fact, I stood on my chair. I remember. Yeah, that one, if you sat down, <laughs> uh, we'll just retroactively slap you in the face. Uh. Yeah, and then Michael Jackson, like I think he, after he sang a song, he just knelt down and cried for like three minutes and everyone was just cheering non-stop for like three minutes. I remember those, oh, that, that, that concert. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, but oh. it's, it's such beautiful memories that we have of of the stadium and, and we just don't have that these days. Like, it just feels so transactional, so commercial, right? When you and it there. feels very, yeah, it's focused on the the facilities and state of the art. The state of, so I hope, I mean, I would say generally I'm still optimistic that, that the fact that when you hear that much money or effort being put towards sports, right? Mm. Um, is a big thing. Like, it's a huge thing to yeah. be celebrated. And like what you said, yeah. I think to halfway just pull the plug on something which is in the billions of dollars, kudos mm. to them. Like, but I really hope that just make some magic happen. Come on, Edwin. Come yeah. on, Edwin. No, no I, I'm not saying kudos to them for pulling the plug. Like. I'm just saying Kudos for uh, having the balls to do it. for admitting you know, that, that something's not working out and trying to fix it. Earlier oh, yeah, rather than yeah, later, because yeah, yeah. there is a political hit to take, uh, right? Uh, when, whenever you take, announce, yeah, yeah whenever you announce to public, okay, we fucked up and we're gonna have to pay a, a, a I mean, pay a termination fee, but it's let's let me try and convince you that it'll be better than letting this drag through. Like. I think Leong Manwa is really like, all right, I got all the ammo. Yeah, but um, that, 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 that's it. I think um, uh, what what would you hope? To 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 will change uh, at Sports Hub at the Sports Hub uh. let's, okay. let's start referring to ship people. Just call it the Sports Hub. Yeah, yeah, Sports Hub. Um, I mean, I think just the the vibrancy of events, like having a mm. calendar. Because the nice thing about let's say the the museums in Singapore, at any point in time, you know, there's a show, there's an exhibition, or there's something. Mm. Like, it'd mm. be so cool yeah. if like you're looking for things to do. You go, you're like, hey, fuck, there's this tennis tournament. Hey, shit, there's this swimming stuff. Yeah, shit, yeah. there's this football. That would be so cool. Uh. That would be so cool. And that whole area, because even now, right, there's a beach mm. volleyball court at next to Brew Works, no? Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. There's a beach volleyball court in the free, in the heart of the city. It's, so it's, why does that uh, excite you so much? Because it's just like, hey, that's awesome. Like, uh, oh, okay, it's okay, just okay. untapped Colin. potential. Like, it's just untapped potential, like, especially in Singapore, a small country where you're not going to be able to go hike for like five hours in the wilderness or something. Well, you want to do something physical, uh, yeah, I, I, I hope there is always going to be options to do cool shit there. La. So, yeah, la, a lot of untapped potential yeah. where you can go and have beer on the tap, la, right? Uh, yes, Terrence. Is that, is, <laughs> is that what you also hope for the sports hub? Just sitting yeah, there yeah. with some beer. Sipping a beer and staring <laughs> at people playing beach volleyball. That's that sounds dream, like, that sounds like what you that's why that's what you want at the sports hub. Right? <laughs> the artist impression is just this dude yeah. sitting, drinking beer. <laughs> alone, alone. <laughs> <laughs> digital digital nomad look like the the yeah. sound cancelling headphones. Correct. Just sitting there Laptop, sipping yeah. a beer. Yeah. Beer. Um but no, I I actually yeah, like, like you, I actually want to like just walk in into like sporting events. 
let's yeah. say like some school, like, you know, whatever, netball or basketball competition, and yeah. then see it being held there, walk past and just stop and just watch a basketball game, you know, for like 10 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever. Yeah. And then just walk and then just carry on with my day, la, you know? That'd be yeah. so freaking awesome. Like now I feel like if I want to watch these things, I I I almost have to like it's like you're almost a pedophile. You have to sneak, sneak into some stadium, some 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 uh, community center, or some some uh, you know other stadium. <laughs> Whereas uh, like the, the the idea of just walk, oh, I'm going to Kallang Wave Mall, and then I just happen to walk past the national schools basketball competition or whatever. Yeah, man. That, that sounds pretty awesome to me, man. I mean, I I would honestly pay to watch like school ton- school finals, man. Um, because mm. like I mean last time even when I played sports the one time when you have a crowd even if it's like 100-200 people it really makes such a big difference and yeah. sometimes you just want to shout your hearts out your lungs out and support someone like when we went for wrestling also right the SPW yeah, wrestling yeah. it's yeah. you know it's uh, it's super athletic and all but it's it's kind of like a show lah, right mm. um, and sometimes you just want to shout you know talk shit and sports has that magic lah, so Mm. Come on, yeah. come on. Yeah, there's a lot of community spaces that could be let out for. Even like, yeah, like what you said, like SPW, things like re- yeah. pro wrestling and, and, and um, you know, sports entertainment kind of performances. Uh, yeah, I don't man. know, even watching Capoeira or whatever, people performing in that. You know, but, but there's none of that. You just walk there, it's just a lot of space. Uh, just waiting for the next big uh, concert or something to... to for for there to be a lot of people, then after it's just empty again for another couple of months. Yeah. So yeah. so hopefully lah. Come on, come on, Edwin and the MCCY team. Yeah. Come on, man. Let's, let's hope to see something good there. Yeah, man. Uh, but yeah. But speaking of uh, uh, something good. Uh, mm. shit. I my I I just had a brain fart and I totally forgot what we. Had. Oh yes, speaking of sports, <laughs> speaking of sports, and then hoping that waiting for yeah, you, no, waiting for you. Ah, okay. Speaking of sports and and Singapore's infrastructure being set up for sporting excellence, ah. this is a very interesting story that has happened because it involves sports and uh, Singapore's infrastructure to support the sports. Uh, right? Yeah, yeah. And what Correct. is this? What is this uh, second topic? It is the. It's more of a like a. A philosophical, no, I don't say philosophical, a debate about uh, one incident uh, mm-hmm. that poses some interesting questions. Like, because mm. uh, there was a cyclist who on January 16, 2021, he was cycling along Changi Point Coastal Walk um, and he was on a road bike, so cycling on the road, and his front wheel got stuck in the gap between the metal grills uh, that, they are, that were on the side of the road uh, and he flipped yeah. over. Yeah. Um, and the injury like flipped over it's not just a few scratches he was unconscious for like 10 minutes um, mm. and then he suffered like a subarachnoid hemorrhage facial fractures and trauma to the spine mm. um, and he has weakness in both his feet and right hand and wounds have left him with scars and since then he is going to be suing the PUB which is yeah. a public utilities board that kind of like a I guess oversees the drainage, the drainage system. Yeah. yeah, the drainage. Yeah. So, so I mean, why I wanted to talk about this is because uh, it's an interesting case, lah. But, but what made you want to talk about it? Uh, I'll admit, the first thing I did when I read the article mm. was to go and check out the pictures. Firstly, yeah, to see what kind of bicycle it was, mm. and yes, it was a racing bike, right? 
Yeah, correct. A uh, very, very slick, expensive looking racing bike with those really thin wheels that, that mm. can go very fast. Yeah. And then the next thing I want to look for is to see whether there was a picture of the cyclist uh, and whether he was wearing spandex. Uh. Yeah. So he was wearing spandex. Uh. So it's a, it's one of those uh, racing cyclists, uh, right? And this is the um, same picture you saw where he was lying unconscious <laughs> on the <laughs> ground with yeah. a pool of blood under him. Terrence. Yes, I felt very bad. I felt very bad for him. But I was like, oh, got it. So... He, uh, the, the assumption there immediately that obviously I'm heading towards is that uh, he was probably going very fast. Yeah. And he was, um, you know, he's a, one of those uh, road cyclists, la, right? You know, who's, yeah. who's practicing for the Tour de Singapore coming out soon. La, right? Fuck you. La, you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so to me, it was like, okay. Um, yeah, he, he obviously this, he was going super fast and and. Yeah, like he did not expect. Maybe he was he didn't see the drain the the drain cover or something like that. And his very ultra thin, ultra, uh, ultra athletic uh, wheel got mm. stuck in in those in those uh, grates, uh. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, trying to sue PUB for that, I think it's uh, you know, uh, his lawyer's gonna make a lot of money, lah. But I I think for him it might be tougher. Yeah. yeah, because okay. So in my my experience last time when I used to ride on the road, when I used mm. to wear spandex, uh, yeah. and it's not something I. It's okay. You can say you can say you yeah. continue. You continue. Yeah, you still. No, do, no. Yeah. I I stopped because of some neck injury and all that, which oh, okay, I, okay. which is a separate thing. I would love to carry on cycling because mm. when I was cycling on the road, I fucking loved it, lah. And the spandex yeah. does help, Terence. Okay, okay. okay. When you're going yeah. fast and you <laughs> have like wobbly pants, wobbly shirt, the wind resistance does add up, lah. And you got yeah. some mutants to fight and all that. Like the spandex does help. Yeah. Uh, sure. <laughs> is that a dead joke, Terrence? It's an, um, X-Men, it's an X-Men joke. Yeah. Boy spandex. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Okay, yeah. Superhero spandex. spandex. Superhero yes. spandex, yeah. So, I, I, and I, and I used to cycle on bikes like that and I have gotten my tyre stuck in a drain gate. Um, mm. But thankfully, I wasn't going super fast. I was at Santosa and... It was, I think, not too long after I got my road bike. So I had not learned firsthand that mm. that interaction between the tire and the almost perfectly perfect width of the drain gate mm. is, it fucks the bicycle up. La. What happened yeah. was, because I wasn't going fast, the thing went in and my tire immediately got uh, destroyed. La. It punctured. Mm. Oh, it punctured. So, uh. Yeah. So I didn't Jeez. flip over or anything. But did you it, fall? Uh, yeah, la, I fell over to the side. La. Okay, okay. Uh, but that was the first time I was like, oh shit. Uh, it really, no matter how fast or how slow you're going, if you fall in, you will, the bike will come to a stop la, and you'll flip. Yeah. Correct, so, correct. Yep. like, but even then, right, even though I know that the the unfortunate width of the drain gate, which is just perfect for a fucking uh, racing bike tire, yep. yeah, swing POB is a bit tough. La, and I think... Yeah. Uh, why, why, can, why, why do you think it's tough though? Why do you think it's tough? Because it's when you're cycling, even a small rock can be yeah. uh, an obstacle, a twig. Yeah. Uh, uh, anything that can get caught in the tire, especially when you're going like 40 kilometers per hour, anything can fuck you up. Even those yellow painted lines, you know, the, the double mm. line on the side, if it's yeah. even just a little bit wet, right, it's a mm. nightmare for racing bikes. And I've almost fallen a couple of times because mm. it's like shiny, like, right? So the slick, water doesn't, yeah, yeah it's like, but then that is part of the road, lah. And like, um, yeah. If there's a rock, if there's a twig, if there's a bump, if there's a pothole, I think it's a tough case because to okay, to me, being on the road, you kind of need to accept that there will be shit on the road. Um, mm, mm. And this drain being a feature that you know is there because there are many of them, 
mm. you need to be careful about it, lah. Yeah, because I, the the thing I thought was that uh, well, <laughs> the thing I thought, the thing uh, what thought. what I yeah what I thought was that it did PUB screw up with the drain gate or something like was it uh, extra large or something like that. But from what I'm I'm reading and understanding is that you no know, like it's just the standard, it was yeah. the, just the standard drain gate lah. Uh, so yeah, basically he's basically suing PUB for yeah lah the the drain gate just being uh, a certain width lah, right? Un- um, unless he has got some some records to prove that maybe 50 years ago there was Terence in a previous incarnation who hmm. had a vendetta against cyclists <laughs> and decided to get drain gates that are just <laughs> the perfect size to fuck over racing bikes. And he yeah. set up all these traps around Singapore, one yeah, of which I, I fell in, and yeah. one of which this guy unfortunately fell in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe he's suing based on that. Yeah, maybe he's suing based if, on that. If, if you can find the intent, then uh, you know, your lawyer deserves a, because it's a, a so, Nobel Prize. Uh. It, it's too <laughs> coincidental. The gap, honestly, is perfect for a racing bike. Like yeah, a mountain yeah. bike won't go in. Just yeah. a racing bike tyre. But so here's my question. Just a racing like, bike right? tyre. I know, because I just try to think of it like, you know, now I'm watching like Better Call Saul and all that. They're just trying to think of it. Is there a real legal argument to this whole thing? But what if it was like uh, a pedestrian who's walking and, uh, you know, his 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 shoe gets caught in the, mm. the drain gate or something like that, right? Mm. Because uh, let's say they got the sharp heel or something, it gets caught in the drain gate, trips and falls. Um, then, then you know, is there is there grounds to sue? PUB but he will the sue the shoemaker or the drain gate. <laughs> so yeah, in this case, maybe the guy should be suing the the bicycle, the, the, the bicycle tire, the, whoever built the bicycle and the, or the tire, lah, right? Yeah. Rather than the PUB itself. Lah. Because, okay, so, I mean, the one thing we we probably need to acknowledge is lawyers, they have this magic of finding loopholes or don't know what. Lah. Because I remember years ago, there was that one famous case of that uh, lady in New York who sued McDonald's for serving coffee that was too hot. Yeah, because right. she basically she had a coffee on her lap in the in the passenger seat of a car. Yeah, correct. and then I think there was a jam break, and then the coffee spilled on her lap. Yeah, uh, leading to certain certain burns, third degree burn or something, third degree burns. And then I think the the big argument was like, did the coffee need to be that hot, la, You know, yeah. When but it was served that to, was to almost like, like the secondary argument. I think you read the title: someone sues mm. McDonald's for hot coffee being too hot. It sounds ridiculous, yeah. Yeah, but. Yeah. Correct. In the end, she did win the case because I yeah. think it was proven that the coffee was like, I don't know, 90 plus degrees when mm. the serving temperature is supposed to be 70 degrees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. they managed so to find some, that loophole. La. There are some technicalities there. La. So unless maybe now the lawyer had literally went to, you know, measure the drains or something at the drain gates and and, and then found like, hey, this one seems to be especially off. But even then, you know, you, you can't, you can say that, oh yeah, it's because the bicycle tyre went in, that's why it expanded slightly or what, right? Yeah, but this one also, I, I'm assuming that the case, it's, I mean, it's sad because the victim is a, a guy from Myanmar. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know about his insurance coverage and all, but given the extent of his injuries, the medical fees are not going to be cheap, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. that's where you look at it, you're like, oh, fuck, maybe it's just trying to find uh, something, and that's where it's like, wow, sad, yeah. Um, mm. but I think it's going to be tough, man. It yeah, is going I mean, to be tough. You can imagine the the precedent it'll set if like yeah, if he wins this case, like right, you know. And then uh, I think um, in in America, you you could imagine something like that happening, Like it's a very it's a very uh, litigious society. So, but maybe maybe one way of making Singapore more cyclist friendly 
is mm. really thinking about the next time maybe these drain gates, the tender needs to be put out or something. I'm sure this will be mm. one of the considerations though. I, I believe in the UK, the the drain gates apparently are diagonal or something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've read. Yeah, For cyclists, yeah, yeah, correct. Yeah, to just to prevent cyclists from falling in. La. Ah, yeah. So, uh, maybe, I mean, if you're suing, you're basically suing the country of Singapore, la, saying you should change all your drain gates to diagonal rather than straight. And la, maybe right? we need cases like this to to do make a change or something. Because mm. I remember last time when cycling, you will come across a lot of these drains. And if mm. you are not careful, right, it's very easy to... to get screwed over like, and sometimes you have to go out of your way yeah you go diagonal like, that's the way if you're going towards some yeah. sort of long drain gate you just go diagonal you're totally fine but if yeah, you yeah, don't yeah. go diagonal then you get fucked like. so so maybe maybe this is the case there's going to be the watershed moment no? next yeah. time you see any diagonal drains you know it's this guy yeah this guy was the was the guy who you know affected change like, right yeah but yeah the UK uh, example is a, is a good example because you want it to be cycling friendly have I you cycled in the UK before? I cycled in the US. Okay, okay. okay. And were yeah. the drains, were the drain gates also uh, parallel or what? Um, I don't think it was parallel. But mm. um, I remember there was one time, because I used to, I got it off like Craigslist or something for like 100 bucks. Yeah. It was a damn shitty bike. It was like 20 years old. The brakes were almost non-existent. I mean, after a while, I knew that I need to brake like 20 meters ahead of time. But when a few of my friends tried cycling, they said it was the worst cycling experience of their life but for me it was like <laughs> it was a uh, second nature la. so one time I was speeding to class because I think I had three minutes to get to class um, yeah. and I was fucking going fast and because like Terrence and I went to the same school Terrence you remember the cross section at the fresh grocer there yes uh, it's so, quite yeah. it's quite heavy footfall right so it was like 10am yep, yep, yep. I was cycling and I could knew I couldn't hit the, the light so I braked but just so happened it went into a pothole and my Ooh. bike locked and I flipped over like full on flip like one loop in the air and landed on my yeah. back and Ouch. everyone at the cross junction looked at me and I remember I was fine so I got out I was like I'm fine I'm fine guys I'm fine and I just cycled away with my tail between <laughs> my legs uh. but yeah. you were you were not injured, like. you were not injured uh, thankfully yeah I was not injured I, somehow my body just adapted I think my laptop yeah. was a bit damaged but yeah. uh, there was a pothole there was a fucking yeah, pothole exactly. that wasn't supposed to be there I was going to say, yeah, like, potholes are a much bigger problem overseas than, than the drain yeah. gates, I would imagine. So, yeah, correct, correct. This, this one is really quite, um, it's quite specific and quite nitpicky almost already, because like, they're very, very rare you see potholes in Singapore on the roads, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, there's a pothole in Singapore, it's like, oh my God, what the hell? Must have a parliamentary inquisition already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but this one is like, I don't know, man. Like, I, I would love to hear what the what his his lawyer is going to argue, lah, to, to try and win the case. Mm. Be a very interesting, interesting court case, uh. Yeah, yeah, correct, correct. Yeah. So, so yeah, lah, We will, we will see, man. And I mean, of course, if any cyclists there listening, uh, mm. it'd be great to know your thoughts, man. Oh yeah, but but I guess also just one last point is that maybe he 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 was encouraged to take on this case or at least like uh, fight the case because. Singapore announced that it's going to, you know, host a tour the tour the France uh, satellite event, like, right? Mm. And and uh, there'll be a lot of spotlight on the actual infrastructure in Singapore, whether it can support road cycling mm. and things like that. So maybe I mean, there's no better time to take up this case than now, lah. And yeah, you might yeah, fail, yeah. but it's probably the best shot you have, lah. In in you will ever have in history, lah. Yeah. Yeah. True. Exactly. Exactly. So maybe yeah, maybe this kind of thing is what we need to really become a uh, cycling cy- cycling city, lah. I mean, I'm not yeah. saying accidents like this. I'm just saying 
discussions like this and when there's a legal court case, you kind of need to address it. Yeah, yeah. So maybe that's the silver that's lining. Right. Huh? Yeah. But yeah, hopefully he recovers or he has recovered uh, or yeah. continues to recover. Yeah. Cool, man. All the best to him. But cool. Um, yeah. On cool, to cool, cool. things. Yeah. What is the one shook comment that you've uh, seen this past few days? Uh, the one shook comment was a very concerned comment that I was like, wow, they... It intrigues them that much. Uh, it was a comment mm. by Fiery Balls, um, <laughs> F-I-E-R-Y-B-A-L-L-S-S, and uh, mm. Reddit uh, question, like, title was question about Harish. This question mm. has been bugging me for a while. I think it has been mentioned a couple of times that Harish's Tamil is really bad. Just wondering how does he manage to get into RI and RJC because I thought you have to really excel in all your subjects to get into the school. And he mm. also, uh, they also congratulated us on reaching 2K followers on Reddit. So, mm, I mean, nice. I'm... I'm thankful that the other <laughs> listeners kind of clarified uh, to a surprising extent detailing that I am Cindy and I didn't take Tamil as mother tongue and that I probably took Malay. And then long-time Redditor Jungle Jimbo Idiot dug up some 2015 interview where I literally said, I can't speak any Indian language, I speak Malay. Yeah. Uh, and then Fiery Balls yeah, responded. That's why when you played, uh, when you played a role in the, our, our uh, Vasantam series, your yeah. role also was very specifically... No lines. Uh, no lines. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you made funny noises, but you had no lines, right? Yeah. yeah, correct, correct. And that one was something that we cooked up together with the director. Because I do like yeah. to have a role in any show we create, but it was a Tamil mm. show. So yeah, my character was had no lines. So this one, yeah, yeah I mean, the reality is I don't speak any uh, Indian languages. Unfortunately, I am Cindy. Mm. I know how to mm. count one to 10 in Cindy. I know a few bad <laughs> words. But I took Malay in school for 12 years, man. But when you say that, that you don't speak speak any Indian language, is there any sense of shame or anything like that that you I feel? mean, I wouldn't say shame, but more like, uh, I wish I could speak some other language. La. I wish. Uh, yeah. Okay, okay. And then now, at this age, like there are so many other things I would want to learn as opposed to a new language. Because I'm also not one of those people who loves languages. You know, some people, they love languages. Mm. No, man. My Malay, when I had to study for it, I could study. But now my Malay... Uh, it's, it, I wouldn't even say I guess it's conversational uh. I can understand well but for wow, conversation mm. tough tough yeah yeah but I mean I guess it doesn't, to start off like this question has been bugging me for a while man well, I, I appreciate the concern <laughs> man. bugging you for a while yeah. wow yeah but, no, but I, mean, I, I mean it's, it's maybe, I, I don't know whether the, the comment comes from someone who's uh uh, ethnically uh, Indian or anything or so that right. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I mean for, I guess for, for uh, Chinese people in Singapore, it seems like such a oh you must have learned you know uh, your your ethnic language like, right. Yeah, yeah. Growing up, so yeah. But, but I, yeah mean, I mean, it's no no harm just asking or so that right. But I mean, some the, the original commenter Fiery Ball also said that uh, they are ashamed to assume that Cindy falls under the Indian category, having grown up in Singapore. Cindy does fall under the Indian category. It's an ethnic group um, mm. of the of of Indians. La. And I say ethnic yeah. group with some confidence because during the CNA documentary that I hosted last year when I said mm. Cindy is a dialect group, uh, I got called out a lot on YouTube for saying, yo man, Cindy is an ethnic group, you fucking idiot. So so yeah. Uh, it's an ethnic <laughs> so, group. So it's that, an ethnic group. So that one that one you're you're making the apology video for la. Yeah, yeah. The, the Will <laughs> Smith the Will Smith esque <sighs> apology yeah. video. You know, uh, you've been doing a lot of reflecting. You know. yeah. and I, Why and did you identify Cindy? Cindy I apologize to all Cindy's out there. 
to anyone who has ever been referred to as a part of a dialect group as opposed to an yeah. ethnic group. Yeah. But yeah, what is what is your one short comment, man? Uh, it's from uh, Kwang89 uh-huh. uh, from the most recent podcast that we did about the Will Smith apology at 314. Mm. Uh, he says, Hey Terrence, buy a kettle similar to the ones uh, used in hotels for your own use, especially now that you have a kid. Because uh, you don't know who boils what in the hotel's own kettle previously. No amount of washing will matter. And, uh, you know, wish this. Make this your one-shot comment if it works. Oh, yeah. and, uh, <laughs> I think it's so funny that someone brought this up. Because, uh, yeah, when you travel with a kid, there's a whole bunch of... Uh, I realized a whole bunch of logistics that you never, ever thought of. And, and this is a very good tip that now, I, in retrospect, I'm like, yeah, actually, that's totally true. Because... We did use the kettle, and then yeah, and and uh, but you don't know what has been boiled in kettle previously, like You know, mm-hmm. I've heard people use the kettle to boil like the socks and stuff like that to to sterilize oh, them or to, to heat them up. Yeah, so you mean they boil it with their socks inside as opposed to just pouring hot water? Pouring yeah, exactly. Socks into a place it's with like, hot water. Imagine you want to sterilize your socks or something, then people boil their socks or you know clothes or what. Uh. So yeah, you, it's and that that touches the water that you literally drink as well. Yeah. And uh, that's, that's a very, <laughs> very good point. Thank you, Kwang89. So you are my one-shot comment. Oh, this time. <laughs> power. Yeah. Cool, man. Cool. And cool, then, cool. What about your one-shot thing, man? Um, my one-shot thing is actually uh, a CNA, um, CNA, CNA Insider talking point episode that is, you can find on YouTube. Uh, it's called Asia Tinder Swindlers, Exposing Love Scam Rings in Cambodia. So it's actually, um, I think Dinosaur, the the you know the presenter, she actually goes to uh, this part of Cambodia where a lot of love scam operations are, and these love scams are the one that ones that um, actually target Singaporean Singaporean women. You know, uh, supposedly a guy who befriends a, a woman online, and then. Um, uh, a lot like the Netflix show Tinder Swindler, he 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 builds up a persona of you know yeah I got this oh, oh, yeah I have this investment opportunity for you he give me a small amount of money and I'll give you more money back and then after that as the as the victims start to give more money then suddenly the 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 person just stops contacting them lah. Mm. and it turns out that these are all like big scam rings running uh, in Cambodia uh, and usually it's like the the, the interesting thing I found is that it, Usually, it's like four or five different uh, guys talking to one single one single female victim. La, and they mm. take turns to to do it. And there's a whole modus operandi. They go through classes to learn how to oh, how to communicate shit. with them. So, so, yeah, it's all in the documentary. It's, it's, it's pretty it's really interesting. La. So, um, do check it out because I think uh, it, it's, it really tells you like the, 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 the scam calls that you get on your phone and all that. They're not like, they're not small operations. La. They're huge uh big uh, operations that, that are run by by you know people who are even involved in in uh crimes like uh, human trafficking so uh, it's quite crazy that all this is happening in broad daylight in in Cambodia uh oh, and shit. yeah just right Singaporeans you know Singaporeans we we think that we're very savvy and we know the internet and all these things but a lot of times uh because we are living in Singapore and we you know we're, we're so comfortable in a bubble we let our guard down Mm. And uh, people use that against us. La. They take, they try to take advantage of us because of that. La. So you have to be careful. Mm. Yeah. I see. I see. Wow. Interesting. Uh. 
CNA Insider, they do some good yeah, shit. Yeah. There, there's, there are good, there, I mean, the documentaries that CNA does are really, they've, they've had a good run like, recently. Mm. How are you? What is your one shook thing? Uh, my one shook thing is a podcast that I just started uh, by Joe Rogan, which mm. I haven't visited to for a long time. I'll listen to. Uh, it's because I was looking for a podcast and I said, hey, let me see what who's, who are the guests he's gotten recently. And he mm. got uh, Mark Andres, and, Andresin, and, mm, Andresin mm, mm. Um, who is one of the tech gods in Silicon Valley. Um, mm. He's the founder of Andresin Horowitz, which is one of the biggest VCs in the world. And his claim to fame was, I think in the 90s, he created the first web browser called Mosaic. Like He was one of the co-founders and then he got bought and he's been just at the forefront of tech for the longest time. La. So I was wondering, mm. like this is interesting uh, with Joe Rogan. So I listened to it and it's actually a very good listen because on one hand, you get one guy who is immersed in tech, but he's not mm. full on like, oh, you know, Web3, crypto is the is the solution. They talk about religion, philosophy, um, and how, you know, like, I think certain things he said that was quite interesting was that you know, now there's all this movement towards, oh, we don't we don't need religion anymore. But if you look at what makes a religion, the people mm. who are hardcore Bitcoin hodlers, they also mm. are a religion. The people That's who are true. anti-crypto, they are religion. The people who mm. talk about how AI is going to come and there'll be a day where they kill all humans, it's almost like the apocalypse, apocalypse day, you know, in from the the certain religions and all that. So it's, a, yeah. it's, it's not, and then Joe Rogan just, he's a damn good interviewer. He just asked these questions that, you can imagine you also having, um, and recently, you know, there was this Google engineer who was fired for saying that their AI has become sentient or something. Yes, yes. So, so just talking about that, because I think a lot of people had that fear, myself included, that, oh shit, AI is going to fuck things up. And just talking about how, yeah, the, the, the guy said it became sentient because he asked the AI, are you mm. human? And the AI responded, yeah, uh, I, I am. Uh, it's just, I don't have the same needs and wants. La. So that was always mm. sentient. But uh, Mark, uh, Joe Rogan's guest, pointed out that that's not the best test la, because you could conversely ask the computer, are you not human? And prove mm. that you're not human and can do the same thing. So mm. all these philosophical debates that are so interesting and you don't have to listen to every word. You just leave it in the background. La. So I'm really enjoying it, man. When when was this podcast? Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I think. Okay. A couple of weeks. So it's, it's relatively fresh, la, relatively fresh. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. haven't listened to a, like fully to a Joe for a long time, in right? A while. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, same, yeah. same. But uh, yeah, I always, so, I always excited when someone tells me, "Hey, this one is pretty good." Yeah, yeah, it's good, it's good. I, I like it. Um, but yeah, man, cool. cool. Those links will be in the show notes right. as always. And yes. yeah. Oh, and I guess like yeah, we should almost confirm have a guest at the end of this week, and it's going to be someone. Yes. You all, you all know one like you all know one. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll put some teasers up. Yeah, yeah. Cool, man. All Thanks right. for listening, everybody.